Welcome to another edition of the Sports Rotation. As always, I am your host, Jay Butler, and if you're listening to me, you're listening through SoundCloud, you're listening through TuneIn Radio, you're listening through Google Play Music, or you could be listening through the thesportsrotation.squarespace.com, thesportsrotation.squarespace.com, or you could be checking me out through stitcher.com. That's S-T-I-T-C-H-E-R dot com. I feel like this song could easily be dedicated to Roger Goodell, the commissioner of the NFL, and his relationship with Jerry Jones. Now, I don't like being one of those people who say, I told you so. (laughs) Who am I kidding myself? I love being that person. I love being the person that sticks out things that, or makes points from before have been proven to be right and I'm able to now go back and say, look, I was right all along. I told you before with this Ezekiel Elliott situation that Jerry Jones was not going to go away easily. So what do you have right now? You have Papa John's, the owner of Papa John's coming out, speaking against the protests that are happening in the NFL and saying that it's affecting his business and that this whole entire thing should have been dealt with more than a year and a half ago. That's a shot across the bow. That's someone going on the offensive. You really think that pizza is being negatively affected to the point where Papa John's has to come out and make a statement against Roger Goodell? Because when he says... Um, ownership, well, not ownership, but when he says leaders take care of this kind of thing, who do you think that he's really talking about? He's not talking about the owners. He's talking about the man who takes the bullets for the owners. And there was this whole entire movement that was put in place where you needed 24 owners to be able to vote Roger Goodell out of the position that he's in and making a ridiculous amount of money. Something, by the way, that Roger Goodell, if I'm him, I would not uh, go away quietly because $40 million a year, that's a lot to be losing for any career. $40 million a year, that's nothing to snuff at. But I told you before, with this whole entire situation, with the NFL trying to make an example out of Ezekiel Elliott with them going and ahead with these proceedings without having any real legal evidence to be able to go against Ezekiel Elliott, I told you that Jerry Jones was not going to take this lightly. I told you that. And how do you hit back? How do you really get NFL owners' ears? You start speaking to sponsors. You start messing with people's money. When you mess with people's money, that's when they really start to take notice. And a lot of people are not liking what is going on with Roger Goodell and this whole entire situation with the handling of protest. Even though people would like to be able to just say, hey, uh, football players, just go about your business. Stop this whole entire protesting because we don't really want to see it. 
Not that that's the power that they really have because they are in a collectively bargained agreement. So it's not like they are necessarily just your average layman where they can just be told what to do. Legally speaking, I don't think the NFL can just make NFL teams or the NFL teams make their players stand, sit, kneel, or do anything during the national anthem. I don't think they have a legal a legal leg to stand on with that. But who do you think is whispering in, in these, these sponsors' ears? You think it's Robert Kraft doing this? Even though he would have a right to with the whole entire thing with Deflategate and the way the, NF, the uh, commissioner handled that. No, this is Jerry Jones going on the offensive. I told you, don't mess with that old man. Jerry's got power all over the place. So we'll see what happens with that situation moving forward. Uh, a lot of turmoil that's going on in the NFL. A lot of crazy moves that I didn't get a chance to talk about. You have one team who has totally lost their way with the New England Patriots. Just not making decisions like you would expect the New England Patriots to be making decisions. And then you have a team that is suffering national embarrassment. And that national embarrassment is going to cost them a top draft pick in the sense of it's going to toss them the ability to get a top quarterback or the top quarterback in next year's draft. Along with costing a lot of people their jobs because this level of incompetence has not been seen in like ever. I mean, the the way the Browns handled this whole entire situation with thinking that they had A.J. McCarron. First of all, what are you doing trading two draft picks to get A.J. McCarron? If A.J. McCarron was so good, uh, I think he would have usurped uh, Dalton a long time ago. It's not like Dalton has been lightening up the past couple of years. So if he was really this credible NFL talent, I would think his own team would recognize that and try to get out from under the the horrible contract that they gave to Dalton in the first place by just cutting him and going with A.J. McCarron if he was the guy to go with. After all, you have A.J. Green. You don't want to waste the prime years of A.J. Green. You have a pretty good defense. You've drafted some skill players in Joe Mixon. And um, forget the other wide receiver, uh, Boyd. So why would you do all of that if you if you already have the guy who's on the bench who is the guy who can usurp the guy that is not taking your team anywhere? Wouldn't you go ahead and do that instead of trading him away for draft picks? But for them to be celebrating like they were wasting that time celebrating and then not getting the paperwork into the league to make the trade official it's just you just come across looking like bumbling idiots you can't even say that they bungled this thing they just they browned it they cleveland browned it they did it the only way that an organization could possibly do it 
to be this level of incompetent, you have to deal with the fact that this is the same team that passed on Carson Wentz. You passed on, not Mitch Trubisky, but you passed on Deshaun Watson. Mitch Trubisky looks like he's an actual talent. You took Deshaun Kaiser, even with their head coach of Deshaun Kaiser coming out and saying he wasn't ready to play in the NFL. And I think we've seen a head coach do that before and be totally correct. When Mark Sanchez came out of USC and Pete Carroll got up there sitting next to him, basically saying, son, you're not ready. But you had Brian Kelly saying that Deshaun Kaiser had a lot of things that he needed to work on. A lot of things with leadership, a lot of things with mechanics. Two things that you don't want to hear about your starting quarterback or someone that you're planning on drafting as your starting quarterback. How they bungled this is just beyond me. But it's going to wind up costing them uh, a shot at Sam Darnold because if I'm Sam Darnold, I mean... When, when you're looking at this incompetence and it's becoming a national story, don't think that Deshaun, uh, not Deshaun, but Sam Darnold is not looking at this saying, hey, I'll stay in school another year. There's no way I'm going to that organization. I'm going to trust my career to that organization. Not that going to Cleveland in and itself would be bad because if you can go to Cleveland and be successful, then you can be treated like the second coming of LeBron James. Problem is that LeBron had a semi-decent ownership group behind him. Guys that didn't necessarily make the best moves, but they did put together a roster that did get them to the finals, even though it wasn't a very good roster. But at least with LeBron James and that roster, they were actually able to get to the finals. This Cleveland Browns team has not proven to be able to be able to put together any type of a team whatsoever. I think I'm more qualified to run the Cleveland Browns organization than the ownership that they have in set in place. And then you look you look it's just total discord. Hugh Jackson is furious that they didn't make the trade. Uh on, the ownership is saying, well, we missed on A.J. McCarron. Big deal, basically. Oddly enough, Cincinnati, Marvin Lewis comes out and says that he's more than um, relieved that the trade talk fell through. I don't know how you were having that particular conversation with your backup quarterback, knowing that you have a starting quarterback on the roster. I've never heard of a coach coming out and saying he's glad that his Backup quarterback didn't get traded away. Unlike the New England Patriots, who just decided that uh, they didn't really need any type of backup to Tom Brady, the 40-year-old renaissance man who can just keep playing until he's 45, apparently, according to himself. The same man who believes that he's taught his brain to be able to sustain concussions. That's something that you might want to market. Oh, wait a minute. You are marketing it with a ridiculously expensive system that is basically a scam. But I digress. But you, like, segueing segueing into the New England Patriots, 
since when do the New England Patriots not get the the most out of a deal that they possibly can? What's going on in that organization? Since when do you see it, like there are so many teams that were coming out stating that they wanted Jimmy Garoppolo that last year he could have been had for a first round pick and a second round pick and a future first round pick the year afterwards. So you're telling me that he goes from that in the middle of the year to being traded away for a second round draft pick? Does that sound like something that Bill Belichick would have okayed? Or does it really sound like uh, this is Robert Kraft who's looking at the Tom Brady situation and basically saying to Bill, hey, Tom Brady's my man. Tom Brady's the man who made me a whole bunch of money. Tom Brady is the man who made this franchise what it is. Is he just doing a solid for Tom Brady? There's no way... That I could say, and even Bill Belichick even came out and said, to try to explain it is basically impossible, the trade as it went down. Now, if he can't explain it, who can explain it? And now I'm looking at this 49ers team. You're going all in with Garoppolo. Do you have any real evidence that Garoppolo is a franchise quarterback other than, say, six quarters of football? Because I got to tell you, the um, evidence that we have of backups from New England, that track record is not a very good one. Matt Castle, who won, what was it, 12, 13 games when Tom Brady went down? No, it wasn't that many. I think it was 11 games. When Tom Brady went down with that knee injury. Where's Matt Castle right now? Last I remember, he was stinking it up in Dallas. I know he signed with the team after that, but that was the last uh, significant playing time that I saw Matt Castle get. And then you're looking at the Ryan Mallett situation. All of these guys were supposed to have been uh, super talented guys who were the understudies to Tom Brady, who could take over at a moment's notice, who had been in the system, and who were relatively uh, competent at their position, only to get out of New England and totally fall on their face. And I'm looking at this Jimmy Garoppolo situation. Yes, he did play well for six quarters, but Jacoby Brissett has also played well, or fairly well, is there anything stating that Jacoby Brissett is also a franchise quarterback? Or is it just that tie to the New England Patriots? Don't we have we we've already read this book before. We've seen this movie before. Just because somebody has played with the New England Patriots or just because somebody has been coaching with the New England Patriots does not necessarily mean that that person is going to turn into a big time player. Or a coach who knows what they're doing. We've seen that play out several times. The man genius. Josh McDaniels. Bill O'Brien. O'Brien who by the way was fortunate enough to luck into the whole entire Deshaun Watson situation. 
But we've seen this. And yet, it's like we don't learn from the lesson. We just keep seeing it over and over and over again. But it's just amazing to me. And now you, you're basically saying with the whole entire Garoppolo situation, you're going all in. Because he's going to be due a contract. He's going to be the only real quarterback other than Cousins and Blake Bortles who is going to be on the open market. And you're going to have to pay him like he is a franchise quarterback without having any real proof to prove otherwise. Not a situation that I think you want to go into. But this is also saying something I'm assuming about this uh, crop of quarterbacks that's supposed to be coming out of next year's draft. Maybe next year's draft's crop of quarterbacks isn't as good as people have made it out to be. Maybe that's the case. Maybe the 49ers are looking at that situation, thinking along the same lines that I'm thinking with Sam Darnold, who probably isn't coming out. Maybe they're thinking to themselves, hey, uh, Rosen, not as good as what people say he is. The kid out of Washington State, we can do better than that. Not first-round talent. Kid out of Wyoming hasn't played up against any type of real competitive NFL caliber talent. But I'm just, I'm amazed. I'm amazed at the level of incompetence that is going around in the NFL. And you really do see it showing out on the field. The games themselves. If you want to look at Papa John's, you want to know why the ratings are down? Because the games just aren't as good as they were. I'm not finding as much enjoyment watching the NFL as I have in the past. Not to say that I'll start to turn over and start watching baseball. I feel bad because this has been like a historic level World Series. And I have yet to watch even one inning. And you have some great players who are playing on both sides of the field. Both teams have possible Hall of Fame players on their team. Multiple Hall of Fame players. If they're if they continue continues along with the same arc that it's been going. Altuve is a beast. Kershaw should already be in the Hall of Fame. Correa is going to be one of the all-time greats. Corey Seager, very talented. But oh my goodness. I, I can't believe I'm saying this. I have yet to watch one game of the World Series. Not even a game. I, I can't even say a game. An inning. Half of an inning. I don't know what that's saying about me. And you had some great moments last night. You've had some great, great moments. I forgot to even include Justin Verlander in there. There's just a lot of interesting stuff. Oh, look. The Pats did pick up a backup to Tom Brady. Brian Hoyer. This is just more proof that teams are not very interested in winning, that they will take a losing quarterback over signing Colin Kaepernick. Colin Kaepernick has played his last game in the NFL. Last year was his last game. That's just it. When Brian Hoyer, 
who, what, has won one game? Have the 49ers won a game this year? Yeah, they've won a game this year. It's the Cleveland Browns who haven't won a game this year. But for them to go out and sign Brian Hoyer, and then I'm looking at the other quarterbacks who were signed or who have been brought in recently. Matt Barkley was brought in recently. Matt McGloin was brought in recently for a tryout. And yes, Blake Bortles is still the starting quarterback for the Jacksonville Jaguars. And Colin Kaepernick is out there, not getting a phone call. Surprisingly enough, even Robert Griffin III, I thought that he would be getting at least some kind of a looky-loo, a hey, like, like a phone call, something. But this situation with the NFL and the owners and Roger Goodell, it's going to be interesting watching how all of this thing plays out. And I'll tell you something which might ease this a lot more. Reduce the sentence of Ezekiel Elliott. And that's not a Dallas Cowboys fan that's talking. That's a, that's a person who's not wanting to see somebody who's making a boatload of money, who has taken a lot of hits for the NFL, out of a job. Don't be surprised if Jerry Jones just starts mentioning to other uh, people in interviews, hey, this per- particular person might be a good um, commissioner. Maybe Jerry might even start thinking about uh, trying to put to the forefront maybe possibly having a female commissioner. Could that be a possibility? But even in his radio interview, Jerry was basically coming out and saying, Roger isn't as tough on this as you think that he is. Look at what he did with the whole entire situation from a couple of years ago. That Ray Rice situation really showed you how Roger Goodell felt about domestic violence. This was an overreach by the NFL regarding Ezekiel Elliott. Not that I'm saying this just because of being a Dallas Cowboys fan. I'm actually one of the few people who think that the Dallas Cowboys are built for this situation with having Alfred Morris, with having Darren McFadden. Um, There was another guy who was the backup for Ezekiel Elliott on the um, Ohio State Buckeyes, and his name is um, skipping past my mind right now. But, yeah, I think that the Dallas Cowboys will be just fine. The Cleveland Browns, I don't know. And past this year, I don't see how there's any way that Hugh Jackson keeps his job. I understand why he's reaching or grasping at straws trying to get A.J. McCarron because it's somebody that he coached, somebody that he's familiar with, somebody that knows his system. Not that that really translates over into wins. Just look at the situation that's going on in Miami with Adam Gase and Jay Cutler. But at least, I guess you try to keep your job. Speaking of that whole entire situation in Miami, um, it's very interesting how Ajayi was let go and Ajayi's camp was coming out and speaking about the Dolphins, uh, talking about his knee issues being a concern, but Adam Gase was trying to send the message of there are certain types of players that we want on this team, the guys that are going to truly buy in to what we are trying to preach as a coaching staff. 
I want to ask you something. Because it's, it's very convenient to do that uh, with a guy who has a history of knee problems. Especially when you're not winning. And he's not effective. But if this is a message that is being sent by the coaching staff, how, how often do you think that you can go to the well with that particular um, decision? We're just going to cut guys who aren't living up to what we expect out of them, despite their production. That's a, that's a very slippery slope to go on, if you ask me. I don't know how many times you get away with doing that because in the NFL locker room, they know what's up. They know that even if a guy is producing, that doesn't necessarily mean, or if a guy is producing, you're not just going to get rid of him because he's not necessarily buying into your program. And how much of a punishment is it for Ajayi to have been traded to the Philadelphia um, Eagles in the first place? You got traded to the top the, the top team in the league for right now. But he's definitely not going to a situation. It's not like he's being banished to the Cleveland Browns. He's going to a, a situation that's actually beneficial for him. And I understand with him wanting out. I mean, when you're looking at that situation, you're looking at the way the Dolphins have been running things. I'm not saying that Adam Gase isn't a good coach. But it was a questionable move bringing in Jay Cutler to be your top signal caller when the man was retired and had no plans of coming back and playing in the first place. I don't know the full situation, but a lot of times I tend to side with the players in this aspect as far as uh, wanting to take control of their career. I'm looking at this 76ers situation with Jaleel Okafor. The team just decides... Well, we don't really want the guy, but you're not going to showcase him. You're not going to give him any playing minutes unless Joel Embiid goes down. And even when Joel Embiid goes down, he still doesn't get playing time. So he's still not allowed to show teams what he's capable of doing. And I hear that he's gotten in the best shape of his career, and he's still a force to be reckoned with as far as scoring and as far as rebounding the ball. So I understand a lot of these players wanting to take control of their career and get out from under poor ownership. So, Sam Darnold, this is a message to you. If you go undefeated the rest of the way with the the next, what, four games that you have left, you'll more than likely be the top draft pick. And if you're smart, take out some insurance and stay in school. And that is my public service announcement encouraging people to get their college education. At least while it's being paid for. Well, that's all I have for you all today. I want to thank you for being in the rotation with me. Again, listen through Google Play Music, TuneIn Radio, SoundCloud, Stitcher.com, and the thesportsrotation.squarespace.com. Again, that's the sportsrotation.squarespace.com. Thanks for being in the rotation. I'm out.